Hi, I'm Clint Hardy. And I'm Jody Koch. We've been middle school choir directors for well over a decade, and I've learned a lot through trial and error. We're here on a mission to create community, culture, and confidence among fellow middle school choir teachers. We want to share in your joys, validate your concerns, but also give you practical teaching advice each week. And let's just be real. We're here to take you through the mishaps, mistakes, and middle school drama that we all experience. Welcome to the Choir Chronicles. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Choir Chronicles. Today, we're going to be talking about rewards-based classroom management tips. So, Jody, why don't you go ahead, because you're really good at this. So, tell us a little bit about what you do in your classroom. Yes. So, I am a very rewards-based teacher. Um, rather than focusing on what the possible consequences are for, you know, first offense, second offense, not having your binder, being tardy, etc., I'm really, really focused on rewarding the good and seeking out and praising the good. A lot of this is just my personality. So for example, one school where I taught, when I taught high school, we got an email saying that this student is coming to my third period every day with whatever piercing in. And this was when like piercings weren't as common. So, cause this was probably 15 years ago, but she, I think it was a nose ring, something like that. So number one, I had this child first period. Number two, I think the class had 80 in it. It was like our non-varsity mixed choir. It was massive. And then this email goes around. I don't understand why she's coming from first and second period every day and you have not told her to take out her nose ring. Okay. I feel the same way about if a kid is in my room and they have maybe have their hood on or they're out of dress code. I don't know if I'm just not that observant, but I am certainly not looking for it. Same thing with sagging. Like sagging used to be a huge issue back when Clint and I first started teaching. It's not the style anymore, but sagging. And I just didn't notice it. And I don't think I'm looking for it. It's not that I don't care. Like, oh, I don't want to see your underwear. Or no, I do think it's dangerous for a kid to have their hood on. And I don't want them hiding behind their hood or concealing something that might be dangerous. Or, But I just don't notice it. But there's also a difference between like okay, I'm looking out for this for safety. And like, there are so many gotcha teachers. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be that teacher. Ugh. Kids are in school and they need to feel like they're in a place where they can be safe and be themselves. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. <laughs> and like, if I see a kid with a hood and I actually notice it, I'm nice to them. If it's a student I don't know and they're walking past the choir room in the morning, like, hey, buddy, can you put your hood down? Thank you. Have a good day. Rather than, head off. You know, and so I feel like there's a lot of consequence rule following like the the approach that some people in education take. It's just not natural for me. It is not natural for me to stand and look for something wrong and point it out at kids in the hallway. I don't, if I tried, I would fail because I just don't notice it. So that leads me to, it is very easy for me to be a rewards-based teacher. And I think Clint and I both are. So um, before we get into the consequence end of this discussion, the good rewards. So I keep Jolly Ranchers, Starburst, 
laptop slash water bottles, stickers. I almost said Whataburger. St <laughs> stick Did I just say stickles? Yeah. Sticker. Wa water bottle stickers. Say that five times fast, everyone. Okay. Um, and then I keep those things at the ready, like in a little uh, tray by my piano. And so when something happens, usually I try to stick with stickers and not make it like every single day. I'm, it's raining Jolly Ranchers in the classroom, but I keep them. And I want to reward the good all the time. Or if I think of a random competition in the middle of class, like, can anybody do that? Can anybody sing that pattern by themselves? It was really tricky for us. A kid does it. Yeah, I'm going to give you a piece of candy for that. Um, also like, okay, the best section or we're dividing in teams of five and the winning team is going to get a Jolly Rancher, you know, all five of you. And so I just try to really lead with fun rewards also. So those are more individual than whole class rewards. So on Fridays, um, we do recital day in our trouble choir class. So it's like assuming they've had a good week of behavior, they've worked hard, they've met all your goals and expectations. The last little section of class, so it could be like the last 20 minutes, depending on how long your class period is, they get to sing for each other or sometimes they'll want to play the piano and they'll sign up. It's a big deal who's doing recital day. Sometimes kids will want to dance. I've had kids bring a guitar um, all the way down to we don't really have a lot of bold people this year and we're just going to do some karaoke. And if you want to stand up and lead it, you can or just dance. Um, and then also choir football on Fridays. So that is a long-standing tradition at Hillwood. They get some of the coaches to come out. They'll get people to come scout them. They bring their gloves. Like they are so excited about choir football on Fridays. And they pick teams. Somebody's the quarterback. Somebody's the captain. Um, it's a big deal. And if the kids in the tenor bass class are not interested in that, that's totally fine. Some of them sit with me and we just chit chat and look at funny memes. Some of them sit by themselves or they play wall ball, soccer. I, I take things other, other things out, but mostly it's just kind of this camaraderie. And man, like I talked about this a lot, but I have 90 minute tenor bass, quite well, all my classes. So when it's a three, so it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, boy week, you better believe that I need the last 20 to 30 minutes to take them outside. But it's like all week long, we're okay. If we're not meeting our expectations, like it's all or nothing. And there have been many weeks where they don't get to go outside. And it's like, we're not playing. I don't want to teach you either. I want the last 30 minutes to sit outside <laughs> after I've had you for six hours this week. But it's really good to have those whole class and small individual rewards kind of to lead the direction and the vibe of the class to like a really positive energy. Yeah. And also, if you are going to say that you're all in, like if you don't meet the expectations, the first time that you say that and then they don't meet the expectations and you give it to them anyway, mm -hmm. you have just set a precedent for, well, we don't have to actually do it. She's just going to give it to uh -huh. us or he's just going to give in. No, if you say you're not going to do it, you shouldn't do it to make them have more motivation to be better the following week. Right. Or if you're doing like an individual challenge, like, okay, can anyone else sing a measure by themselves? And you're giving out Jolly Ranchers, but the class is getting too loud or they're getting whatever. Or they're you're just not participating correctly. Okay, we're going to stop this challenge, you know, because they want to keep going and maybe be brave to be able to get the candy or the laptop sticker or whatever it is. So, yeah, well, you can also do more whole class things such as like having a party. Uh, we do a few parties a year, usually like our first 
big party is like in winter, mm-hmm. you know, we, we strive to do a winter party every, every year just because it's the end of the semester. Yeah. The kids are a little like, Oh, I'm ready to go on yeah, break. Concerts and, over. Mm-hmm. But this is a good way to like, keep up with the same thing we were just talking about. Hey, you're going to earn points towards earning this party. You're not just going to get it. You right. have to earn it. I like that. There have also been years where of our all of our classes, one class didn't meet the expectation. Like, hmm. sorry, you cannot have a party. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we bought donuts for all of these classes. Or, oh, we brought you pizza because you're in the afternoon or whatever. And you're, I'm sorry that your class didn't do it. I hope that you can turn it around and make sure that you get that UIL party or adjudication right. party or the end of the, the year party. But right. this is something that I can't just give over to you. Um, so you can do that by having a ticket system or like kids turn in tickets for all these points you're handing out. Oh, hey, this ticket, you did really great today. This mm-hmm. is worth 10 points. Turn it in when you want for, oh, you want to turn it in for your team? That's great. Or you can have a little um, online system where you kind of fill in like the little almost temperature thermometer gauge. Okay, they have those online that you can keep Mm -hmm. track of. Ooh, that would be nice. It's fun. You can also do, I know you said that your intermediate teacher did like marbles. Marbles in a jar. And so every time she was real happy with something the class accomplished or like their behavior or following directions or just singing, she would just grab a handful of marbles. And I was like, how many marbles do you do? She's like, it doesn't matter. I'm just pulling marbles. But they're so excited. And (laughs) it's a clear jar so they can see that once we get to the top, we've earned whatever. Or like in my tenor bass class, especially, I'll do uh, sections against each other for the week. And so at the end of the week, the section that has the most points, uh, gets a, a small prize, either small candy, like Jolly Ranchers or Starburst or, mm-hmm. Oh, you're getting, you know, a free 10 extra points on whatever, right. that, you know, whatever you can do small, but then you can say all these points, even though you may not have one go towards your class party, awesome. like, Oh, you're earning points this direction. Yes. And you can just make it up along the way. Yeah. They don't have to know that like Mm-mm. two marbles doesn't mean the same thing as seven marbles. Like it doesn't really doesn't matter. matter. It, yeah. But yeah, just ways to, and like visual aid. So the kids see like, Ooh, we're getting close. And it's like all roads lead there. There's no road that doesn't lead to you filling up the marble jar, getting all the way up the temperature gauge. They can all earn something fun by working hard. It's just a matter of how, how long it's going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. It's It can yeah. go quickly or it can go a long time. Yeah, but look how positive, like you're just creating such a positive environment by having these things going along rather than all of these consequences all the time. Taking away marbles, it's like, okay, you earned it. You did something great. Right, and also I think it's important. We Each of us have talked about big things we do, but the small things along the way, like the Jolly Ranchers or the Starbursts, like that's a little bit of encouragement to that way that they're not like, oh my gosh, it's August and I don't get something till December. Yeah. Like, that's too long. Right. Do the small things along the way to help them have a little bit of intrinsic motivation yeah. for other things where they're not just thinking, oh wow, that long-term goal is way too far away. Yeah. Like they have to have something in the immediate. Yeah. Like the fun Fridays helps or having mm-hmm. the small gifts. I love that. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a real example of say you're talking about, okay, that there is one kid. So the class is fine, but we all know, like, usually when someone tells me they have a really, really tough class and it's a bunch of kids, when I mentor them through that, I can get it down to one kid almost always. Like, 
who's the instigator? Who's the one that if they're, you know, God forbid, absent one day, things go okay. You know, and usually <laughs> when it, and I have to do this to myself too, like, all of these kids are so bad. Okay, who's the main? You can usually, even in a class of 60, you can come up with who's who's the main instigator. I'm going to say the worst because that sounds really bad. But you can love them and they can be the worst kid in your class, right? So let's. I'm going to give you an example of a real student I had. We will call her Sophia, not her name. Um, so Sophia had a 16-page long behavior intervention plan. A lot of things were against her as far as like very low academically, but just like an, a hilarious, awesome kid, extremely disruptive, um, was either hot or cold as far as like asleep, not participating, or really, really defiant to teachers and disrespectful and talking back all the way to Sophia loved me. And Sophia literally like walked around behind the piano and like pretended to be me. And I didn't notice and just like wandered off behind me and the girls are all laughing. And I'm like, oh, Sophia's wandered behind me because there were so many in that class. And I couldn't tell. So anyway, I went and talked to, and a lot of times these kids are going to be sped you will be surprised if you look up your worst behavior, look them up. A lot of times they're special education. Not always, but... But a lot of times they have things in place, behavior intervention, that are going to... Where you'll go, oh, okay, maybe the reason they're acting out, they're not on the same academic level as the other kids their age, and therefore they're compensating for that in different ways. But a lot of times I find that's the case and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to approach that kid differently. Now, a lot of times they'll have a case manager or they might have special education classes, like say they go to a resource math or ELA and they're with them two classes a day. So now you have people you can go to on your campus to say, okay, help me with Sophia. So I went to, I found out Sophia had a case manager went to her and she said, well, we have this chart that we use in SPED. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like a behavior intervention thing and it's like a reward space. So for if she does well, and they based it on their ARD. So in Sophia's ARD, it said 40% of the time she will follow directions when first given. Okay, that was her actual legally binding goal that we need to be working toward. So instead of me expecting 100% follow through every time with this child, it's like, okay, even though that's frustrating for me, legally, we're looking at 40% of the time following directions with one morning. And so we we broke those goals down with the help of a case manager and we made a chart and then I was going to initial it every day. I kept it in my binder because Sophia just had a lot of trouble keeping, keeping her binder, keeping <laughs> up with her binder. And so I was like, I'll just keep it. And so I would initial it each day. And then all she wanted to do was run sound for the the special recital day on Fridays. She wanted to be the one typing in the next YouTube karaoke track so bad. So instead of giving in and just letting her do it every time because it gave her something to feel special, no, you have to earn it now. And it worked like magic. And we didn't always hit that goal. And there was a lot of pushback. And no, you didn't hit it this week. It was, you know, you didn't hit your 40% of the time following directions the first time. I feel like that's like 
on Anchorman 60% of the time. Mm -hmm. It works every time. (laughs) Um, But it really worked with that individual kid. So I encourage you look into the individual, narrow it down to like, okay, this is probably the toughest behavior problem I have in that class. Um, This is the kiddo that's defiant, not bought in, disrespectful, or maybe just a little crazy, you know, just over the top enthusiastic, like the kid I'm talking about, and come up with an individual plan for them. Yes, this is a lot of work on you as a teacher, especially if you have a lot of kids, but I've just found that, and I've done this several other times in my career where I've taken that one kid and really worked towards something. One, I was much younger, but I literally offered to buy a girl a purse. She was in (laughs) seventh grade, and I'm like, what do you like? You're not behaving. I love you. And you've got to have a relationship with them too. And you like purses? Okay. If you will go, and I don't remember what the date, I don't know if it was like, it seems like it was longer, like a month without talking back to me, then I'll buy you a purse. And I mean, I'm sure it was from like Target or something. It wasn't like, you know, a Gucci a coach purse, purse. A coach purse. <laughs> but yeah, it, I literally bought a kid a purse. Now I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying this has been deep within me for a long time. So, um, okay. So now people just have a conniption fit whenever I talk on my Instagram about being rewards based and they're like, but what are the consequences? Like, okay, if you can tell by now, I am not a consequence driven person, but I know that they are necessary. So Clint, segue us into actual consequences. You know, I, I work in a school that sets forth the consequences. We have step plans. Like you have four opportunities to like kind of mess up before mm-hmm. something happens to you outside of something ma- major, you right. know, so small, four little small infractions before certain things, but you as the teacher also have to enforce the c- consequence, um, of what the, you know, the effect of what you've chosen to do, mm-hmm. you know, you did this and here, this is what you're having to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. For example, like having a, a lunch detention or having a detention after school, the, mm-hmm. the teacher kind of gets to pick the first like consequence right. that they have. Um, but then there is a mandated, you will do lunch detention and then you will do a Thursday evening detention mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, full-on referral, you're going to ISS, like, once you've hit those things. And your campus should have this somewhere in a handbook. You know, I know that things are different. But if you do have, if your campus has a set, you know, typically it's like, first infraction, a warning. Second, a parent phone call home. Phone call, not email. Third, a... office referral and fourth or but you've got to follow what your school sets assuming they have something set up i mean you can also do something as simple as like wow it is very evident that this one child is the reason that we're not meeting our class weekly goal Mm -hmm. and you can start coming up with something for them to do during fun friday if the kids are going to go and do like you said they're going to go play football well i'm sorry not only are you not going to get to do fun football but um i'm going to have you actually sit in the front office Mm -hmm. and you're going to do this worksheet instead like you're not even going to get to go outside right you know and that can maybe be a second or third attempt like the first time can be like you're going to go you get to go outside with us but be careful but you know what you're going to have to sit here and you're going to like just sit with me Mm -hmm. well then oh wait Hey, you're not meeting it for a second and third week. Wow, you're not going outside with us at 
all now. Right. Like, there can be those consequences. Uh, but I also want to say that a lot of people will just email their parents. And I'm sure, like, a lot of you listening are like, oh, yeah, like, if a kid does something, I'll just email. I can't tell you how effective it is if you actually pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. Hearing it from a teacher's point of view, one, it's going to give that parent an opportunity to ask questions right. if they need to. They can hear your tone. Mm-hmm. They don't read whatever tone they want. They right. actually hear it. And your tone should be peppy. You know, like, hey, I love this kid. I love your mm-hmm. child. We're having a rough day and I wanted to let you know what's going on. Right. And you can give like, here's some things that they do well in class, mm-hmm. but this week we're really struggling with blank. Always a positive sandwich. Mm-hmm. Positive and- is the bread. The negative is the filling. Then you decide, like, okay, well, hey, I'm just letting you know, parent, that Johnny, he w- really was not attentive this week. Johnny said no. Johnny said, said no. no. I love that song. <laughs> um, and you can go from there with, all right, this week's, this next week's goal, parent of Johnny, yeah. is for Johnny to not interrupt me. Right. Or be participating all week mm-hmm. or at least for the five days, right. you know, something attainable for that student. But then I'm so sorry, Miss Johnny, <laughs> Johnny did not follow through yet again. This is, this is escalating now. Right. I need, I need something a little bit more, a step up from what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like something needs to happen, but typically when you call home, it will be addressed. That is not always the case, but it, it's going to be, of the time. Right. And And how would you like to have 80% of your problems just solved? (laughs) And how about when you go to your administration and say, look, here's the documentation of what I've done. This needs to change. Now, I had someone ask me last week when I was working with a a choir director. They said, okay, I hear you on the phone call. But what about when you email, you have a documentation of it because there it is right there. Yes, young choir director, I understand what you're saying. And a very, very valid. Um, so there's options. But one thing is that I like to do after a phone call is I'm right there at my computer. Usually I just email myself. Call, had a phone conversation with Johnny's mom on this date. Here's what I said. Just really rough notes. Email it to myself. And then I put it in a folder that I call parent communication. Yep. And, that, and so then you, I mean, yes, it's a he said, she said situation. If it's something you're really nervous about, sure, have an administrator present. Like if it's something very, very sensitive. Yeah. But if it's just this, he's just, he's interrupting. He's disruptive in class and I can't teach. He's interrupting me, that kind of thing. That's not sensitive to me. So no. And I typically send a follow-up email after a parent Thank you for talking about the following things. Yes. And if you like, you know, time is crunch, you know, you may have to write a kid up that day for whatever offense it was. If it was something like over the line, um, then you can, I'm, I left you a voicemail. If you could please call me back. I just, you know, figured you might see your email sooner. Well, there's another timestamp. But I, I totally understand with, with what that choir director was saying, because if it's an email, it's right there. But you cannot replace a personal one-on-one conversation and the tone that you'll hear. Absolutely. And then kind of the last thing that I want to talk about really quickly is using your strong voice. Mm-hmm. So using your strong voice doesn't always mean loud. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your strong voice means that you're going to whisper something like, if you can hear me clap once, if you can hear me clap twice, if you can hear me clap three times, 
Great. And as the kids are getting quieter, you can increase your volume because at the end of the day, we are vocalists and we need our voice. You don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Don't yell. But if you're a teacher that's constantly yelling, then your yelling is not effective. No, it's noise it to is. the kids. I'm very, I very rarely yell. Mm-hmm. And when I do, it's effective. Oh, yeah. Because they know I mean business. Yes. The times that I've yelled, I can remember most of them Mm -hmm. and tell you it's usually, it's usually a girl who I've given 6,000 chances throughout the year. And it's usually May and I've had it. And I could probably tell you the names of those kids, the year I was teaching because I feel horrible. Well, it's so, so few and far between for you. Right. So, yeah, I would say I totally agree. Use that very sparingly. Absolutely. You cannot overuse it or it becomes ineffective. So it's just like when you say, oh, no, you're not going to meet this goal. You can't do it. And then you let the kids have the reward anyway. And sometimes it's way more scary to be, like, quiet and mad. Absolutely. Like, think of, like, you know, like, for me, like, if I'm leaning down to my daughter and she's not acting the way I want her to in public, which she's amazing. She's not, like, a bad kid. But I'd be like, Kennedy, absolutely not. That's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially for kids. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Immediately stop the behavior. So, yeah, when, yes, we do assign consequences. I'm not going to do a whole podcast on it or a whole Instagram post. And I I just, it's funny because I feel like people are like, but what are your consequences? And I'm like, I think if you create the environment that we're talking about throughout the whole year, you have very little worry about that, about consequences. Also, sometimes you have to fake it. And just to keep the, the camaraderie in the class, like if you're just always mad at them, Hey, they're an elective. Like we're in choir because we want to be for some reason. Who knows what that reason was for some children, but they chose it. And we do need to keep a positive environment in there. Because you want them to come back. Yes. We want them to be back next year, whether that's in our program or continuing on to high school or whatever it is. Like we don't want to alienate them and make them mad just to have control of our classroom. It's a, it's a delicate balancing act, I think. Yes. Well, thank you all for listening, and we hope that you'll tune in next week for more tips and tricks from us. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Choir Chronicles. If you are interested in booking Clint or Jody for professional development, a one-on-one coaching session, or to clinic your choir, please email us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. Also, did you know I have a Teachers Pay Teacher store called The Choir Queen with over 100 lesson plans and resources just for middle school choir? You can head to my website, www.thechoirqueen.com to access more information. And as always, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic or ask us any questions, please reach out to us via Gmail, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week for more tips and tricks.